Hi, Mr. Fletcher. Greetings and salutations. How are you doing today? Wonderful. How are you doing? It is a beautiful day in my neck of the woods. Wonderful. I just want to welcome you to Roxanne's Corner, where we have fun, we have faith, and we are all about family. Um, and today we're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about horses, and I'm going to title this podcast "Giddy Up." Okay. Let's ride. All Don't right. <laughs> so, Daryl Fletcher, uh, tell me about yourself. Well, uh, I am a certified life coach, and I'm also in the process of uh, receiving my certification in equine-assisted therapy, uh, where it actually combines the the art of therapy and also uh, equine, or uh, equine is another word for horses, and it takes basically gives a person an opportunity to overcome emotional challenges, mental stress, and you know, just physical uh, challenges as well, utilizing the horse to actually have a breakthrough in those mental challenges and those emotional stresses that so many people deal with. Uh, I have been riding horses actually since I was six years old and more heavily or more consistent for since I turned 21. So about the last 20 22 years of my life I've been heavily involved in horses I'm an avid equestrian and some would say a cowboy I'm the vice president of the Atlanta Saddle Club Association where we seek to inspire people uh, through positive exposure to horses so uh, I've been around the corner and been around the block a couple of times this is not my first rodeo (laughs) (laughs) i'm glad this isn't your first rodeo as we get it is not it is not (laughs) as we get more in depth into the conversation so you said that you um started horseback riding really young but how did you get involved in it what started it well, my grandfather had a horse, and I was introduced to horses through my grandfather. My granddaddy had a farm uh, when I was young, and so when I saw the horse, I was like, wow, that's a big animal. And, and looking <laughs> back, I felt like the animal was an, was an elephant. Uh, and uh, after that introduction, I had to be maybe like three years old, three or four years old, my father took me on a horseback riding uh, not, it wouldn't be a trail, but it was just like in a round pen at uh, probably around six or seven years old. And shortly after that, my father actually, he passed away. Uh, the affinity for horses didn't go anywhere. Uh, my mother brought me a coloring book and uh, some books, on, an art book on how to sketch and uh, draw horses. And it was very interesting because I, all the sketching and, and things it it, it it involves circles and squares and I'm like uh, a horse is not a circle nor is it a square but it was just breaking down the element of what a horse head looked like and how you use a circle in order to get certain uh, jaw line and things of that nature and like I'm sitting in my office now uh, <laughs> as we speak and there I have a, a mural not a mural but a, a large what is it, a 3 by 5 um, uh, picture of a horse and it reminds me of that 
particular uh, drawing that my, my, my mother bought me so years, so many years ago. But, you know, when my father passed away, uh, I was around seven years old. And like I said, it never went anywhere. And when I turned 21, my ex-wife, um, or then wife, now ex-wife, she took me horseback riding uh, for our birth, my, for my birthday. And ever since that, that particular time, I was just head over heels and I started riding consistently and then I you know, started volunteering at different saddle clubs and just finding all different types of ways to actually uh, be around horses and actually uh, embrace the equestrian and equine lifestyle. So since you, you have this lifestyle now, um, what are some of the nuggets that you would share with a person that has that's wanting to horseback ride but they're scared and they really want to get out there to try something new um it seems like in this year of covid people are just doing new things even just around the house like today i got up i was ready to go i got up and i went grocery shopping i went and got gas in the car i'm like this is not me usually i go grocery shopping after work i do i go get gas after work but things are different now where our routines are just they're just different and we're not able to do excuse me quote unquote fun things as we used to because of social distancing nobody wanting to wear a mask etc so how how can you just calm someone's fear about doing something new such as horseback riding well in actuality the truth is that my business of giving lessons and therapy and coaching has increased during this pandemic Mm -hmm. People are seeking outside activities so that they would have an opportunity to not be confined inside and, or on, on top of each other and things of that nature. So with riding horses, um, it, it does pose a, a perfect condition where, well, no, number one, you're not on top of someone. Mm-hmm. Two, you know, there is social distancing because we already practice social distancing, social distancing with horses because mm-hmm. many times a horse may not get along with another horse. So you can say, okay, this particular <laughs> horse, they don't ride with that particular horse. So we already do that. And, and, and two, uh, I just had a client that came out for the first time yesterday and she's been, she, she says, I want to work on my confidence mm-hmm. and in working with horses, horses are a perfect confidence builder the reason being because if you if we if we pay attention to certain things control is an illusion mm. and we see that control is an illusion are y'all taking yes. notes <laughs> <laughs> yeah control is illusion because if you think about it if we had control we wouldn't have this pandemic we, if we had control, you know, our lives would be uh, uh, totally different from what we expected or what we're maybe currently doing. I know countless women who, if they had control, they would be married. They would have kids. They would have, you know, the, the life of their dream. I know many men, if they had control, they would be uh, 
you know, multimillionaires, maybe be married to the woman of their dreams, and, you know, and so on and so forth. And I'm not saying that we don't have a certain level of responsibility. Don't take that. Take, don't take what I'm saying out of context. What I'm saying is when you're on an animal, such as a horse, you'll now have to engage in different elements that you may not be used to. And from what I have learned and what I have studied, everything that you desire within life is going to be outside of your comfort zone. So first we have control, then we have comfort, but the next one is about connection. So one of the things that I do when I bring people into the horse ranch, a lot of times people just, you know, they, they, they get you they get you to sign your waiver, they take your money, they put you on the back of the horse, they tell you to go left, they go right, and boom, you're off. But one of the practices that, and principles that we use within riding our horses is, is a time of connection. We take that time where we allow the person to walk around the arena, walk around the property, and just hold the horse in their hand and build that connection let me tell you a quick story so i was volunteering at this particular horse ranch and in volunteering at this particular horse ranch uh there was this very large horse that not many people rode and the reason why they didn't ride it that much is because anybody who rode the horse they would actually get bucked off the horse and in getting bucked off the horse it, it, it just made everybody think, oh, my gosh, this horse is crazy. And so I and because the horse was tall, I am tall. I'm six, seven. And the horse kind of fit my my my, my statue. I, I asked the owner, I said, hey, can I ride your horse? And he kindly said to me, he said, hey, I don't mind you riding, riding a horse. But everybody who's, who's written him has he's bucked off. I said, OK, no problem. So for a series of some days, weeks, uh, I would give the horse treats and there was a particular treat that I would give this horse but while wearing but, but while giving this horse treats I also would wear a specific cologne uh, actually I have on that cologne right now and but what's the name this... of the cologne <laughs> <laughs> Jean-Paul Gaultier Just... okay so horses like Jean-Paul Gaultier <laughs> okay so uh Interestingly enough, the time came for me to ride the horse. And when the time came for me to ride the horse, the horse associated my smell with the treats. So there was a bridge that was built in that particular instant. And so I put the saddle on, I put my foot in the stirrups, I got on the horse, and the horse shook as if he were going to buck, but he did not because we had built a connection. And that particular experience taught me a very valuable, very valuable lesson that it is always better to be a connector rather than to be a controller. And so many times in our lives, we try to control a situation rather than connecting with a situation. And when we do that, what that does is it builds a bridge. And what a bridge does is a bridge allows a person to go back and forth and back and forth. But many times, mentally, emotionally, and even physically, we burn bridges. And so the horse may have been abused when he was a kid. I don't know. The horse could have just had a bad experience or a bad day, whatever it was. But I, I allowed myself to build that connection 
and the, the horse was like, you know what? This is the person that gives me treats. This is the person <laughs> that, that, that I feel good when this person comes around. So the question becomes even, even on a deeper note from the aspect of the principles that are transferable to our everyday life. What fingerprint are we leaving or what impression are we leaving with the people that we come into contact with? Do they feel like, you know what, that's a good person. I have a good feel. Like uh, just yesterday, I picked up a new client. She's never met me before, but I spent some time talking to her online and via email. And her last words were to me, I have a good feeling about this. I didn't do anything special, but I allowed the connection to be built and allow the experience to be about her desire and her love to want to learn about more about horses versus me getting a client and putting more money in my pocket. And so as that pertains to our everyday life, many times we just have, may have to shift some things around and move some things around from the standpoint of what's most important at this moment. You know, very popular right now is the love languages with, within certain rela- in certain relationships. Mm-hmm. But it goes deeper than just understanding what a person's love language is. That's very important. But it's not only going from the standpoint of learning what a per- person's love language is. Is are you willing to be bilingual? Mm-hmm. Are you willing to learn, not only learn what their language is, but are you willing to speak what that language is so that we can actually once again build that bridge build that connection so if i know that your love language is quality time and i'm like ah okay yeah girl you just tripping you you know i don't i don't want to you know spend all that time with you you know whatever no if that's their language then guess what now i have to be able to participate with their language so we use these types of things but once again with the sofa uh, which is the name of my ranch uh stretch out on faith again uh we we use that acronym because so many times people have to be pushed sometimes they have mm-hmm. to be stretched sometime in order to try things again in order to man i i i i, I did it didn't work this time but maybe it'll work this time and we take that from the story of of in scriptures where Peter, who was actually a professional fisherman and fished all night. And Yeshua said to him, oh, go ahead and cast out again. And Peter, being a professional fisherman, was frustrated because like, man, I've been fishing all night and didn't catch anything. But nevertheless, at the word of Yeshua, he said, I'm going to do it again. I want to do it again. I'm going to try it again. And he had an opportunity to uh, receive a net-breaking, boat-sinking type of increase. But think about it this way. He didn't say, oh my gosh, I got more money to do more business. He left the business and followed Christ. Mm-hmm. And so it was one of those things where like, whoa. So what's the principle in that? The principle in that is, where's our focus? Where's our attention? Where can we find the opportunity to be more engaged with our creator and be more in awe of his awesomeness? Many times, I know this is may, this may sound cliche, but from many times we seek the hand of God rather than understanding the heart of God. Mm-hmm. And so we want we want something from God before we even actually understand how 
and who God is. So, you know, not trying to turn this into a sermon or anything, but it's the same thing as with the horse. Well, I want to ride. I want to ride. Okay, let's build that connection with mm-hmm. the horse. Let's let's walk the horse around. Let's and let's establish a certain level of leadership because you have to think of it this way when it's your first time on a horse. You're the substitute teacher and this and the horse is the student. And so as from 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 my experiences as a young child when there's a substitute stu- <laughs> substitute teacher there's a student that's going to want to act up. There's always when that that's, one. Yeah, there's always that one. <laughs> so when that student or when that substitute teacher establishes the leadership and be firm with that student, that classroom runs totally different versus the, the substitute. Okay, guys, we're not going to do this today. No, 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 no. You got to come in there and put your foot down from the door. Hey, mm-hmm. my name is Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so. This is what we're going to do. Your 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 teacher left you an assignment. Everybody know here what they, what is expected of them. Let's get to work. Right. Oh, when right. that te- when that teacher came in like that, we like oh shucks, we, we can't we can't, <laughs> we can't act we, we can't do today. We, yeah, we can't <laughs> act fool today. And that's what that horse has to feel. Yeah. That horse has to feel oh shucks, I can't act a fool today. Mm-hmm. But many times people are intimidated. They are afraid. So those are some of the so so we do some breathing exercises and some affirmation exercises when we when we put a person on a horse so that they have an opportunity to overcome that fear and really get themselves involved into the experience it's always interesting to me how people are so afraid but you know they signed up for uh, an hour-long trail ride and they're like well i didn't know it was going to be like this i'm so i'm sitting in my i'm so i'm thinking like well what did you think it was going to be like <laughs> You know, you're we're dealing with and, and see here's the thing. Most people see it on TV or they mm-hmm. see it, they see it people doing it on vacation and they're like, Oh, that looks so cute. That looks so pretty. It's hard work. But here's the Yeah. It, it's not necessarily hard work, but what it is is it is what we call in in in, in the industry is being actively engaged. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we say that is because number one, let me let me everybody who's listening who has ever been on a trail ride in the Bahamas or Jamaica or somewhere, those horses are probably 30 years old and <laughs> on their last leg. And so they just, they hey, they do this do. day in, day out, and they just ready for this to be over. And the thing about it is, one of the things that I tell my students is, they're like, well, I rode a horse in Jamaica. I said, that horse in Jamaica is, is old mm-hmm. and don't have no gas left in the tank. So they just they just walk in and they ain't gonna do nothing. When I, I when I put people on horses at my ranch, I don't put them on dangerous horses, but I do put them on a horse that's gonna challenge them to greatness. Mm. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna put them on a horse that's gonna challenge them and not just do everything. Because if I put you on a dead horse, guess what's gonna happen? Oh, you're gonna think, oh, this is easy. Oh my gosh, this is oh okay. I just want to go around in a circle, and you you'll never learn anything. Mm-hmm. But if I put you on a horse that is easy to ride but has a strong will then you'll learn something because every time that horse wants to do something outside of the will that you want to do, you learn how to correct it. And see, this it's the same thing when we, when we are in life. One of the principles that I teach my students is to be actively engaged in the horse riding experience. No phones, no, no FaceTiming, no, no uh, Facebook Live, none of that. Be, have your hands on the reins, be in the seat, and be actively engaged with the experience. And what that does is we take that same principle 
into our life. If you are not actively engaged in the daily decisions of your life, if you are not actively engaged with certain disciplines of your life, then life will live you versus you living life. Repeat that. Life will live you versus you living life. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to be actively engaged. And so let's take a, let's let's take it a step further. You know, you got up went grocery shopping did a whole bunch of stuff that you're not necessarily normally used to but that one act can plant a seed of discipline in your life that can change the trajectory of the rest of your life and it's the same thing with what we teach when we're riding courses one experience with a horse can change the trajectory of your life and when we do that, what that does is it gives us the opportunity to do a principal transfer. Okay, yes, I overcame my fear of riding horses today. And guess what? The next time I'm afraid of something, I can mentally pinpoint, you know what? I was afraid of riding that horse too. But I did it. I followed directions and I accomplished my fear. So maybe I can accomplish my fear or, or overcome my fear uh, in this particular aspect. Mm-hmm. And so we, the goal of, of our organization is just to teach people how to take these principles and begin to use them in their everyday life uh, and just have an opportunity for success. So a, a, a question that someone may have while they're listening to this podcast and they're driving and their their mind is going places like they they want to be on a ranch they they want to be in Jamaica they they just want to get away and they may be black <laughs> do black people really ride horses black people are, are very very uh, heavily into horses mm-hmm. um, and I currently live in Atlanta and that's where we do and conduct our business and uh, one of the things that I belong to a predominantly black saddle club. We have other ethnicities in our saddle club. However, our leadership, our founders, they were all black. I'm the vice president of Atlanta, uh, Atlanta Saddle Club Association. Um, and with that, we go to all different types of events and, and functions and activities where the majority of the people that we see, they are black. So a person does not have to be afraid. A person that has not be intimidated. A person of color doesn't have to be uh, just like, oh my gosh, I don't think people are supposed to do this. So here's, here, let's 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 just put it, break it down, and just do a little history. Like many things, the black cowboy has been whitewashed. And when you when you when you look on TV and you see the old um, the old. Uh, cowboy pictures you got bonanza and mm-hmm. the riflemen and all they see you, you see all these different white men that basically conquered the west unfortunately that story is incomplete and largely False. not true <laughs> so primarily two-thirds of cowboys were either black or mexican and out of the two most of them were black the term cowboy actually comes from when a white man would tell a black person, go get that cow, boy. Mm. And that particular expression stuck to, because, you know, we, we see within the language of, um, of racism 
there's always a way to be derogatory. Now, I'm not making this about racism and you right. know, Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just telling, I'm just sharing the truth. Mm-hmm. And, and we're, in sharing the truth, we see where in the West, uh, and all the way from, let, we'll go from uh, Louisiana on all the way over to Arizona, the large population of, of uh, cowboys were black and they, they did bronco busting or where they would break horses and break cattle or rustle cattle. And they did this work because many of their white counterparts felt that they were above that. So uh, you have people who are rustling cattle. Most cattle rustlers rode horses. And during the time of slavery, it was illegal for many, for, for black men to ride horses. We see that particular uh, as an example in the famous movie Django mm-hmm. and in the scene of where uh, Jamie Foxx characters come comes on to the ranch and Samuel Jackson character says, who is that on that nag? Right, right. And right. basically, he's basically saying like, okay, why is a black man mm-hmm. riding a horse? Mm-hmm. Well, and when you sit in the seat of a saddle on a horse, it elevates you to a certain height. Mm. So subconsciously, all it is is we don't want these black people, these slaves, these Africans to have any self-esteem, to have any uh, way of thinking that they can try to look down on down, down on us. So in many instances, when they would break these horses and break these bucks and break these, uh, uh, these bulls and things of that nature, uh, they did it, and as soon as they did it, they would have to get off the horse, but they would work. It was gritty and grimy work, and, you know, many of the once again white counterparts didn't want to participate in that type of work mm, wow that's some great history there to uh, to learn more about um, the history of the cowboy and how we were involved in, in such a culture um, so tell us where your horse farm is located I know that it's in Atlanta um, but uh, along with being in Atlanta, there you have something special attached to your to your um, to your horse farm, and that's also a sanctuary as well. Yes, um, well, my uh, we currently do Airbnb Airbnb experiences at my mother's um, bed and breakfast, which is called Serenity Point uh, Bed and Breakfast where it really provides a person an opportunity to get away it's in a rural area and we take people on trail rides last uh, just yesterday i did two trail rides and today i have one more to do and it just gives a person to really just get away in a rural area ride a horse it might be hot we might be in some shade but whatever it is it gives a person just to really oh my gosh i'm 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 getting away so when Mm -hmm. they come out to the when they come out to the ranch you know we go over the certain safety rules we give them opportunity to connect with the horse they'll connect with the horse and then from there we're giving some cues and some basics on how to saddle up the horse and how to ride and then after they ride around and once they build up their level of confidence and once they build up their level of uh uh, of of of, of uh, expertise in a particular area, uh, we'll take them out on the trail. Then after the trail, they'll get a nice little lunch and nice something cold to drink, and then basically schedule their next time to come out and join us again. Because once again, we wanted to provide an experience 
where a person is like, man, I I, I got away from it all. Mm-hmm. I got away from everything today. And once you get that type of experience, once again, it, it becomes therapy. So mm-hmm. once again, there are more levels to the therapy part about it. However, just simply being around a horse provides you with a certain level of peace. Now, let me tell you this. Um, horses have a heightened sense of smell and touch. Mm. A horse knows when you're nervous. He knows when you are scared. He knows when you are afraid. He knows all these things because number one, your body gives off a certain chemical. Mm-hmm. Number two, your body vibrates a certain way and the horse can pick up those vibrations. So we teach, especially within our young people how to be more aware of their feelings their emotions and what's going on the inside of them so that they would have an opportunity to really not display anger and really not display display fear when 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 there's certain things when certain things come up so within that we just you know put them around the horse and the horse will tell us everything we need to know I just had a friend, recent friend, <laughs> said he posted this on Facebook. Uh, he said, he said, uh, if you want, if if you ask your lady what's wrong and she says nothing, take her riding the horse, and the horse would tell us the truth. <laughs> so it's a, it's a it's a lie detector. Yes, a a a a warm blood breathing lie detector test. So so yeah, it 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 it, it really gives you an opportunity to learn more about yourself. And become more self-aware. So when we are self-aware, when we're more mindful and we're more present in the moment, now we can we can then begin to make the decision: What do I need to do? Because here here here's what emotions are. Here's what emotions are. Emotions are either something has happened or something needs to happen. Okay. When 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 emotions are are present. Either something has happened to you or something needs to happen. And so as we embrace that, we become more aware of what's going on in me right now. What do I need? Or is this a a, a byproduct of something that I have experienced? Mm-hmm. Because your fear came from somewhere. Mm. We are not we, we are taught fear. We are we, we, we are taught fear. We don't we are not we are not necessarily born with fear we're taught fear so if something has happened we address the past if something needs to happen we activate our present in order to step into our future hmm. okay when we were preparing um for this podcast you mentioned something about heels down toes up what does that principle mean the, the heels down, toes up principle. Basically, when you when you're sitting on a horse, your heels are down and your toes are up. That is a common position of Western style riding. So, let me explain a little bit about Western style riding. That is when you have what you call a Western saddle and you ride. Uh, there are many dis- different disciplines within Western style. I can't get into them all. However, you typically wear a Western sa- saddle, and that's what you would see in many of the movies. I, I, then you have the English style, and that is uh, where you know the, the the saddle is very small. You have your dressage, you have your hunter jumper, you have your um, uh, 
what this other one called. I can't think of it right now, but mm-hmm. um, that's typically what you see in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And then the third one is what we call Australian saddle. So Australian is basically an Australian saddle is basically a hybrid of an English and Western saddle or Western style as well. And I actually ride primarily in a, uh, a Western saddle, but I actually have a English saddle. I love riding in that saddle. It's so comfortable. It has the lightweight of an English saddle, but all the dressings of a, of a Western saddle. Very unique. But in that, heels down, toes up, it provides everything and it gives you the opportunity to be engaged. Get so it goes back to active. the actively engaged. Yep, actively okay. engagement. So, so are are you sitting down in a chair right now? I are am. I'm, I'm on okay, a so, counter height stool. Okay, great, 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 great. So, if you would do me a favor and just allow, and and those of who are listening, if you're sitting in a chair or whatever, just follow along. So, allow yourself, your feet to dangle on the on the stool. Yes. Okay. All right. So your feet are dangling now. I want you to put your legs out because I'm doing it with you because I'm sitting in a chair. I want you to put your legs out and put your heels down and your toes up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you feel the muscles in your legs are being engaged? I do. Yes. Okay. So the horse can feel that. Oh. And as the horse feels that, they have a certain level of balance as well. But here's 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 where it really comes into play. Imagine if someone came behind you right now and pushed and, and pushed you from the back. Would you fall over? A little bit. A little bit or a lot? Well, if I'm sitting on a saddle, I'm probably overthinking this, but if I'm sitting on a saddle and I have my hands on that top thingy, it's I call a horn. The horn. If I if uh-huh. I had my hands on the horn, it I would I would fall just a little bit. But if Well, he, he, but here's the thing. I'm going to talk to you about the horn in just a minute. Okay. Okay. But here's the thing. So if my heels are down and my toes are up and someone comes to push me from the back, my heels down, I won't I won't move that much. Mm-hmm. My my the balance all the weight and everything is going to fall on my legs. Now, now I want you to do take your legs and just take your knees and fold them. And like put them at the side of the of the uh, the the, uh, the stool there. Mm-hmm. Now, if somebody came and pushed you in your back, would you fall over? Yes, definitely. Yes, because you would you you have nothing to hold you up. There's nothing. There's no balance or anything. Mm-hmm. Now, all right, take your left leg and extend it. Keep your other right leg bent as it is, mm-hmm. but take your other left leg and extend it. Heels down, toes up. And lean to the side. Lean to your left side. If you lean to your left side, what's going to catch you? My left. left leg, right? Yeah. But if I now lean to the right, if you lean right, what's going to happen? Nothing. You're going to fall. You're gonna fall. Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so heels down, toes up. When you have both your legs, heels down, toes up, it provides a sense of balance. balance. Yes. Yeah. It helps you keep your balance throughout the whole, whole ordeal. So no matter what the horse does, whether the horse moves left, moves right, moves up, moves down, your balance is intact. Once again, we have the life principle as well. How are you living a balanced lifestyle? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. With living a balanced lifestyle, no matter what happens to you or what comes at you, you're still intact. You're still Mm -hmm. balanced. 
so you're not thrown off. Oh my gosh, the 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 this happened. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're balanced. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, uh, you know they 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 don't they don't have any 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 uh Lysol at the store. Okay, great. <laughs> but <laughs> and these are these are, these these are, are real life issues. Are, yeah, these are these are real life <laughs> issues. But you know, living a balanced life, guess what? Uh, I still have maybe one can or two cans in yes. my cupboard, and we'll yes. try to we'll try to see our way through, uh, and you know, not panic. Mm-hmm. But the key in in you know in life, and the key into riding horses is to not panic. Yeah, stay engaged and keep your balance. Same thing in life. Don't be afraid. Don't panic. Stay engaged and keep your balance those are some awesome principles even just around horses um as i'm as we're sitting here talking i'm just thinking about different animals how animals can just give you a whole different perspective in life because there's always a story on how an animal can give you a sense of peace a sense of calm and, and just an overall balance in your life you know so i'm going to encourage whomever is listening to this podcast right now wherever you are is to i'm going to encourage you to want to do something different um to go find a horse farm if you're in the <laughs> <laughs> if you're if you're in the Atlanta area, reach out to Daryl. I'm going to have him sign out soon and give all of his information. And three, be balanced. That's one thing that I have told a lot of people. A lot of people ask me, how do you stay so calm? How do you how do you not crack under pressure? One, I do crack. Y'all just don't see it. Um, and the other thing, I try to just keep, I just try to keep all things in perspective. All everything is going to pass soon always always say that to myself everything isn't forever and there's always another chance when you're waking up on the other side of the grave so with that being said what are your i want you to sign out um daryl what you know what i what i mean by that is what are your hours of operation and give us your social media information so our hours of operation are 11 a.m to 8 p.m uh, we take our last ride or our last appointment at 7 p.m. And uh, rides last from anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half. And so with that, um, it just gives us opportunity to be more flexible. Uh, so we typically take our first client at 11 a.m. Uh-huh. And uh, we are open seven days a week. Uh, like I said, I, I actually have some clients coming out today. And uh, our social media is, is you can go over to Facebook and also Twitter and search for SOFA, spelled S-O-O-F-A Ranch. And that stands for Stretch Out on Faith Again. Stretch Out on Faith Again, SOFA Ranch, and where we seek to just really expose people to uh you know, positive horsemanship and just have a great environment to change their mental and emotional uh, life. Uh, so once again, uh, Facebook and Instagram, we can follow us there and uh, soon to be YouTube where we'll be sharing content on giving small little principles just like I was sharing now, how a person can be able to apply that to their life. And um, yeah. You can follow us there. If you want to send us an email, 
you can send us an email through support at sofa ranch and once again sofa is spelled s-o-o-f-a ranch.com support at sofa ranch.com and uh we love to uh engage with you if you have a question comment or concern please uh give us a give us a um, send us an email we'd love to connect with you as well uh we actually have just uh submitted our 501c3 status paperwork and so we should be hearing back from the irs shortly so if you like want to make donations uh we would love to embrace your spirit of giving (laughs) and the lord loves a cheerful giver (laughs) (laughs) indeed he does i mean because here's the thing about it we have some some very and i'll probably come back when we when we have uh more of the uh the information and layout for you but uh, we have some very strategic things that we're going to be doing in the uh, upcoming year and at the end of this year where we want to expand our territory and expand what we actually do and how we serve the community uh, so it's going to be some very strategic things that are going to be taking place and I'm really excited about it. Absolutely I'm excited for you and I can't wait to get down there um, it, it may be sooner rather than later come on cowgirl I, let's I go giddy up right <laughs> <laughs> so, Daryl, I want to thank you for taking time out today to sit on Roxanne's Corner and share about SOFA. And to those who are listening today, um, I just want to um, give you my contact information again. For those loyal listeners, I know you know where I'm at. So, uh, I'm at Roxanne's Corner on all social media platforms. And my email is Roxanne's Corner at gmail.com that's r-o-x-a-n-n-e-s corner k-o-r-n-e-r at gmail.com and with that i will see you later